News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick and Jill Van Dyvendyke. How's it going, you guys? Good. Good morning. I was hopefully everybody else is waking up at the right time this morning because my automatic um, time. Yeah. It got button. us both this morning. It got, it got you it too, got, right? It got so, me too. So I was up, I uh, take my grandson to hockey this morning and we're going to, you know, get up at, I don't know, it's just seven. About, about quarter after, quarter after seven or so. Mm-hmm. Well, my alarm clock went off at quarter after six this morning because it was somehow set for Winnipeg time and not Regina time. Yeah, mine did the same thing. I don't know. You know what? It's probably an easy fix. I just, it only happens twice a year. So after my one day of being annoyed. I can see why we're glad that Saskatchewan, we just stay at the same time. We don't have to change our clocks, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah. No, that's... Everybody else, you know, now they're they're stuck doing their... They actually have to adjust to a different time. We're just, we just have to fix our phone settings. I it wasn't think. so bad for me. My grandson wasn't too happy though. <laughs> <laughs> He's only 10 years old and yeah. Yeah, that one hour is a big difference when you're 10. <laughs> <laughs> so. We are having some issues with the text line at the moment. So if you have a question for Rick or Jill, please give us a call. 1-877-332-8255. We'll work on getting that text line back up as well. Uh, so it, we're almost into the official start of spring. We're like a little over a week away, yeah, I think. That's what it is. Is, I think yeah. So it's hard to believe that it's it's you still see all the horror frost on yeah. the trees yet, and we've got spring coming. But you know what? We've got coming up here on March the twenty fourth. We have Gardenscape, and I call that the official. Yeah, the Gardenscape is always for me the official start of spring because kickoff. it's mm-hmm. the kickoff. Because Gardenscape in Saskatoon, the Prairie Exhibition, uh, it's just a time when you get together and there's all the gardens and the tulip bulbs and the daffodils and the crocuses and the hyacinths and. And all the they got shrubs blooming and everything else. Now we always get that question when um, Gardenscape comes around because all the like you were saying we they put all the bulbs to bed in the fall Mm -hmm. and then they're all blooming in the spring and then everybody comes into the garden center is like I want to buy tulip bulbs and they have to be planted in the fall. So they planted back in October and and October already in cold storage and and then we get to enjoy them at Gardenscape and the the beautiful smell of all the hyacinths and the tulips and the lilies. It's just. And then it really looks like spring, you know, looking out the window, it's a little hard to think spring, (laughs) but when you see all the flowers blooming, that kind of changes things a bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like, you know, people started getting that, that, that mindset. I mean, the home shows are on right now as well. And so, you know, everybody's getting to the mindset of what am I going to do around the yard in spring, right? So it's um, planning time. It's planning Mm -hmm. time. So and talking to lots of landscapers, um, driveway sealers, all of those things are, they're starting to book up already. A lot of them were booked up last fall for for the start of this year already. Yeah. So, I mean, if you are thinking about not doing it yourself and having somebody come do it, now is the time to start talking to the landscapers. Even don't the wait pruning until, companies, yeah. if you're planning on booking yeah. some yeah. spraying. Don't wait until like the snow disappears because then you might not be till the end of the season, right? So <laughs> The earlier, the better. Yeah. It's, it's One better. thing that I noticed that looking at the beautiful river today, we mm-hmm. did see our paddleboard yeah. go by this yeah. morning, um, which is insane. I think it was like <laughs> minus 20, minus 16 yeah. when I was driving here. And just I mean, the dedication. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing about our river is there's actually 
actually a Pelican Watch contest yeah. that happens from March 1st to March 31st. And so you can go online to the Miwasan website and you can try and guess what time the first Pelican's going to be sighted in Saskatoon. Yeah, it'll probably be sometime in April, but I think the contest you have to have your... They said your, the earliest your, that they've ever seen is April 2nd. Okay, so that's why they cut it off by the end of March. March 31st. That's when you have to, you have have to guess your estimates. And then estimates. if you're out walking about, they have a phone number on the Nature Society's um, website that you can call if you see one so that you can report your sighting as well, too. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of I neat. like that. Uh, we do have a call waiting for us. This is Morris. Uh, good morning, Morris. What's your question for Rick and Jill? Good. Uh, the question is, I'm gardening. I'm, can you, what is that? Is it something like gypsum or what? Oh, for for Lime. for gypsum, gypsum is what you use to keep your your garden from getting really hard, rock hard. Okay, that's what we use all the time. Yeah, so gypsum works really good for that. You can, and if it's really hard as well, you can use a combination of gypsum and also some cedar mulch. And then all those. What about garden lime? What's that? Garden lime. What that does is that 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 works if your pH of your soil is too low. And you want to raise the pH. But most places in Saskatchewan, unless you, you cut down a big spruce tree or you took out a whole bunch of junipers, uh, but then you need to, you, because then your possibility, your, your pH is low, you might have to, to replant something in there. You might have to up the pH a little bit. But the best thing to do is get a soil test kit before you use lime to make sure that that's the issue. Because if you already have a pH of 7. Four or higher, and you add lime to it, you're going to have a hard time growing anything in that soil. So you don't okay. want to you don't want to use lime unless you have to. Okay, I was thinking of putting it with tomato plants. Uh, tomato plants, you know what? You don't really need to. If you if with tomato plants here uh, with our soils, um, we're probably better off to use more of a a sulfur based fertilizer and just using organics, uh, especially some things with uh, with kelp with kelp and with a calcium. Calcium, magnesium, those kind of things, all those micronutrients, that's, uh-huh. that's what the tomatoes like the most. It's not just nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. Yeah. They like all the micronutrients, especially calcium, and that's what's going to make you have great-tasting tomatoes. And especially with that bottom end rot, um, blossom end rot on the tomatoes, you need that extra calcium. Yeah, yeah I know. But we use eggshells, finally ground. That should work too, eh? That'll work too, but it's that that takes a lot longer. Like the amount you you have to put a lot of eggshells in to make enough calcium. So you're better off to use a, a fertilizer that has calcium in it. You'll have okay. better uptake of that. Okay. And if it's, you're doing the eggshells, what some people will do is they'll throw them in a blender and blend them up so they're almost like a fine powder, and then put them yeah. in. And yeah. uh, that's a, a little bit more efficient way of doing it. You know, coming up at Gardenscape, there's going to be. Uh, um, um, Growing the ideal soil biology, maximizing your plant's yield and quality. That's going to be one of the seminars there. And that's okay. becoming huge in even the farming community is having okay. your soil health. So making sure that your micro, microbiomes are all working right. So you're putting all the different things in your soil, even things like uh, biochar, you know, like into your soil to help have those little condos to help all the little microbiologies to work to be able to feed the plants. And so that's always important. So there's a really good, if you want to find more information at Gardenscape, it's called Growing with the Ideal Soil Biology, Maximizing Your Plant Yield and Quality. That'll be a good seminar if you want to really find out more about your soil health. And it will also teach you about soil compaction and soil erosion as well, too. And there's so many different things that we can be doing about planting around our gardens, companion planting Mm -hmm. and those types of things. And even mulching, you know, those kind of things, you know, doing those kind of things, keeping moisture into your garden, those kind of things.
the tomatoes were making cocktails, the eggshells and alfalfa pellets and uh, all those things give you and like, bone meal. Yeah, like uh, bone meal gives you great calcium. So does alfalfa pellets have great calcium and a whole bunch of micronutrients. Uh, all those kind of things give you good health and give give you great. Um, great, great uh, yield in your in your in your vegetables, and give you great tasting vegetables as well. Now we haven't talked about the alfalfa pellets for a while, but um, with the alfalfa pellets, if you're wanting them to use work more immediately and not break down as slow, you want to make them into a tea, and then um, and pour that tea onto your onto your garden instead of just putting them in. Yeah, and and then, you can pour them right down well, the road. If you use the pellet itself, it's kind of slow decomposing. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah, the, Pellet itself will be a, a, a slow-release fertilizer, but if you want to use it as more of an instant, then make it into a tea. Yeah, we do them both. So when we make the tea, then we throw the garbage out in the lawn. Perfect. 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 That's awesome. We, okay, what about, what's a soft neck garlic? What's a soft neck garlic? Yeah. Like that we carry here? No, I don't know. I've been watching these garden shows from the States. They talk about soft neck garlic and hard neck garlic. I don't know what the devil they're talking about. You know, I'm not too sure. I'd have to look that up, but uh, stay tuned. Maybe stay we'll tuned. find that answer over Maybe you. after the break, we'll bring it up again. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. What, Thanks. Got, what spray would you recommend for Saskatoon bushes? Uh, to kill bugs. What spray to kill bugs? Well, well that you'd recommend to do your bushes in the spring. Well, the only thing you can use for for that is uh, there's two things. One is that because we've had a lot of issues with bugs and that, and so you can use a thing called uh, a three-in-one. It's made by the Safer's product, so it, it's an insecticidal soap, and it also is a garden fungicide as as, and you could use that as both to to uh, to it's an, and it's more organic in, in in nature. So you can mm-hmm. use them both on the same plant, and it'll help your plant along to make sure you don't have the fungals and the insects. Okay, so it's called Safers 3-in-1. What's the first word? Safers. Papers. No, Safers. Safers with an S. Oh, Safer. Yep. S-A-F-E-R-S. Safers. Okay. Okay. All right, thanks so much for your call, Morris. We're going to have to take a quick break here. Um, Did you have another question? We can put you on hold and come back to you. No, 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 no. I'm done. That's enough for an old man. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye now. All right, we are going to take a quick break and be back with more Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick and Jill Van Dyvendyke from Dutch Growers. If you have a question, you can give us a call at 1-877-332-8255. We're talking a little bit about uh, Gardenscape before the break here. Maybe it's a good time to just get into some of the other seminars that are going on since we talked about one of them already. On Friday, uh, coming up on the Friday, uh, which is March 24th, Fourth, right? Mm-hmm. Gardening in, co- in the cold, hardy zone two. That's uh, coming up then, and then also uh, I'll be doing one on shrub pruning and the best tools for the job. Uh, that's at at one thirty in p.m. And then there's a media challenge, which is a lot of fun. Uh, the bunch of the media comes, and mm-hmm. then they try to have a competition which one can grow the, the which oh. one can plant up the best best. Uh, <laughs> uh, a container garden and me and dad get to commentate on it yeah. and, okay uh, it's quite fun yeah. having them go back and forth and uh, then the audience gets to judge them yeah. <laughs> and right? choose their different plants, plants. and 
Some some of the color combinations that get put together yeah. are quite interesting. <laughs> and we get lots of input from the audience to help them to help them out what okay. they need to do and that kind of stuff. Uh, a bit like the Price is Right, yeah. but for plants. Because exactly. the media people, some of them don't have green thumbs. This you know? is true. So we need they need all the help they can get. As much so. as I get to hang out with you guys, I <laughs> struggle sometimes too. <laughs> so. But for those people who haven't gone to Gardenscape, it's kind of a kickoff to spring. Yeah. There's gardens there. There's a lot of vendors relating to gardening and home building. Um, some different gourmet vendors there too. Um, and then they have a, a, a learning stage. And mm-hmm. throughout the weekend, there is so many learning opportunities. And that's what we're talking about yeah. here. And then extending the growing season, you know, how to make uh, raised gardens with little covers on top of them. So you can start your garden earlier so that you get vegetables quicker in yeah. the summertime or later in the fall. Uh, backyard birding. I've talked about backyard birding a lot. Yeah. That, and you need to plan now for backyard birding because if you want to make sure that you have the right birds in your yard so that you can take care of a lot of the insects that people have problems with without using chemicals, mm-hmm. you want to attract birds to your yard. And so there's great ways of doing that by having either a, a bird bath or the right type of bird houses around and those kind of things. So you find everything you want about backyard birding also. Uh, Community gardens and urban agriculture. There's going to be some people talking about community gardens. They're becoming oh, that's cool. Yeah. Huge popular right now. They're making any kind of space into community gardens right now. So they're. Yeah. I think the urban gardening and yeah. everything to do with food security is going to be mm-hmm. such a big topic yeah. this year with the prices of um, produce and vegetables yeah. and everything going up so much. Uh, and, and with people in apartments and all that kind of yeah. stuff, you know, that people want to have this little. Yeah. Chunk we've of noticed land. in the last uh, year or two, we like we're in a building and yep. we have a balcony and it's, you know, it used to just be a couple people would have a little you know a a little box planter sort of sitting on the edge and now it's pretty much every apartment they're growing something yep exactly and like if you have an east location you can be growing like herbs and lettuce and some of those leafy leafy Mm -hmm. vegetables and then if you have a south or west exposure it's perfect for really anything so you can be doing anything you can even grow potatoes in a pot if you want to so um tomatoes there's just so many different varieties um i love that the sky becomes the limit when yeah. you're growing in in urban. Lots of people think that they have to have a big property or I have to go to the farm to garden. And no, you can bring everything right to your doorstep and even companion plant it with your flowers. And that will actually create more pollinators so you get more fruit too. All right. We have a call uh, on the line here for us. It's Ed in Regina. Hi there, Ed. What's your question for Rick and Jill? I have a point set up. That's doing very, very well. In fact, it's just like it is when we bought it before Christmas. And I would like to put it into dormancy until next Christmas. Okay. So there's a few things that you're going to do. You're going to keep caring for it the way you're caring for it. It's going to um, be a beautiful house plant for you. And then you can, if you want to, plant it out in your garden in the summer season. And you can put it in like um, a bright, sunny or s- sunny indirect light area. Um as far as the soil, it likes to go a little bit dry between watering, so you want to plant it in an area that it can do that. And then what you want to do is dig it up, or if you keep it in the house as a house plant, um, you want to uh, sort of put it in the house before the first frost. And then usually in about September, you're going to start doing your... Um, your shorter days and and longer nights. So So, by doing that, you have to go by 12 hours of daylight. That's when you get into September. But yeah, about September, middle of September, 12 hours of daylight, 12 hours of total darkness. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's important. And our equinox time is coming close to that time, so that helps out. But that means you can't even turn a light on in the house. So that means putting basically putting in the closet, putting a towel on the bottom of the closet so that the light doesn't shine on at or all. Or if you have like a cardboard box or something like that, you put it in the box. Yeah, perfect. And then take it out. Or some people will have just like a spare bedroom or mm-hmm. or somewhere that they um, that they can just sort of keep that room and they put a, ti- a timer on the light. And so then the light comes on at a certain time and, and that's what you're wanting to do to get them to change color. Now it's actually not blooming. It's actually the leaves that are changing color. And so that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to make it think that the season's changing. And so then it will, the leaves will start changing color for you. Okay, so it's planted outside when I can in the spring and uh, bring it in later. Now, there's no way to just kind of prepare it and put it in a dark, cold storage room until next year? No, you'll want to keep it alive and keep it growing until then. Keep it actively growing. You can't make it go completely, completely dormant. Keep it growing, um, and then it's changing the color of the leaves that you're going to want to start doing. You'll have to do some pruning on it as well, too, so it doesn't get um, lanky and it stays nice and bushy for you as well, too. So that will be important. Yep, just treat it like a regular house plant and um, yeah, it's inside the house until spring and then put it outside or leave it as a house plant all year round and then just make sure in the fall you do that whole daylight and darkness is important. Um, bugs that you'll be looking at it on it for the fall are things like spider mite, white fly and, um, and aphids. So you want to make sure you check them for that before you bring it back indoors too. Okay, thank you very much. You're no welcome. problem. Thanks, Ed. All right. Bye. Um, our text line is back up now, which is good news. So you can now call or text us questions, one 332 8255 We've been talking a little bit off and on about Gardenscape and how it's kind of the kickoff to spring. And right now, I know a lot of people are starting to do that planning. Is there anything that we can start in seed form already for those gardens in the spring. Yeah, so any of your vegetables that are around that 90 to 120 days on mm-hmm. your seed package, you want to get them starting to going into February, beginning of March. Um, so looking at some of those peppers, your sweet peppers, your hot peppers. Um, Especially some of hot your, peppers, you need to get going right away. Definitely all your heirloom tomatoes. So those t- t- old, old varieties of heirloom tomatoes, like your brandy wine and your some of your beef steaks, all of those, you want to start getting those going now. Um, it's really important. If you're planting celery, it's time to start getting those going as well too. So yeah, really look at your seed package and look at the dates of, of them for when you can put them out after first frost. So that's kind of what those dates mean. And, uh, and you want to get any of those that are like kind of that 90 to mm-hmm. 100 days, you want to get those started now. Um, if you're planning on sowing any of your perennials yourself, you want to be doing that yeah, now right as well away. too. Okay. And annuals, you do things like your, your some of your petunias. You yep. want to get started right Any now. Any of your wave petunias, yep. you want to do you them get now. Get those started right away. Um, so the geraniums, you're a little bit late for geraniums. You're probably going to have to start the starter, get the starter plants from the garden centers. Okay. They'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So, although if you if you have geraniums, you can the seed geraniums might be late for, but you can take cuttings, cuttings. off of your zonal yep. geraniums, and okay. this is the perfect time to do yep. that. So, a lot of people have maybe saved their geranium plants over the winter. Um, those are called now your mother plant, and what you want to do is take cuttings off of those and um, stick those into the soil and get some babies going. Perfect. Uh, we are going to take a quick break for news, then we'll get to more of your questions. You can give us a call or text at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. 
We're back with more Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick and Jill Van Dyvendyke. Uh, Pat has been waiting for us uh, patiently through the break, so we won't make them wait any longer. Uh, Pat, what's your question this morning? Yes, good morning. Uh, I have four amaryllis plants that I have had growing over the winter season, and I do not want to put them out in my garden over the summer. I want to just cut them back and put them away and bring them out in the fall. And I'm not sure what the procedure is. Uh, they both, they all four have beautiful leaves, and I don't know if I should cut them back, let them die down, or what's, what's the answer? Yeah, so what you want to do is let them grow for a little bit longer because you want them to get a nice healthy stock on them so that a lot of energy can go back into the bulb. Um, and then what you'll want to do is treat them kind of how you would treat um, a, a bulb in the fall. So you'll want to decrease your your temperature, decrease your light a little bit on that, and allow the leaves and decrease your watering as well, and allow the leaves to die back down into the bulb. You can even take them out of the soil and like lay them on the side on newspaper when you're doing that or something like that so that the water is decreasing and it's going right back into the bulb and the energy can go there. Then you can sort of dust them off, cut them off, and put them into cold storage um, and uh, save them for the winter season, because you're doing it for so long, you may want to dust them with like a bulb dust or or a, a fungicide and just sort of to, to keep them nice and fresh. And then every once in a while, um, you can p- store them in some peat or some sawdust if you want to. Yep. And that will just keep a little bit of moisture in there. Very um, little moisture. Though. A very little bit of moisture. Yeah. If you have too much in there, they will rot. But you do want to have a little bit of moisture so they're not going to dry out as well, too. Okay, awesome. I had two that had beautiful blooms this year. They were just spectacular. So just an awesome, awesome Christmas plant. Thank you so much. I enjoy your show and listen almost every Sunday morning. You're welcome. Thanks Thanks for calling. All right, we have Paul waiting on the line in Saskatoon. Hi there, Paul. What's your question for Rick and Jill? Oh, good morning. Um, uh, Rick, I'm going to watch you next week. I'll be there. Don't worry about it. Perfect. I got two quick questions here. One is I've been collecting my wood ash, yep. and I'm pu- looking at putting that in my in my gardens, my raised gardens. They're three yep. by twelve. Three by twelve. Um, okay. Yep. So, um, how much should I be putting in each box? I have seven of them. If it's three by twelve, I'd probably put in about um, in three by twelve. I would probably, in an area about three by four, I'd probably put a, at least two liters of wood ash in, okay? Okay. And then and then just multiply that out. Oh, okay. Right? Perfect. So that, uh, that would be enough that you work in so that you're not putting too much, but you have enough that will make it beneficial. Yeah, okay, awesome. Uh, the second question I have, I, I'll keep it quick. Um, spaghetti squash, you want to put in uh, a couple of them. They, they say three in a bunch. Um, cucumbers, same thing or, or keep them separate? Yeah, same thing. Usually when you put a hill of cucumbers, you're going to put either two or three seeds in. Okay, I start them in the house, so... Yeah, well, then you can plant them. If, if, you're, if you're planting them, it's not as, as critical. You can actually just plant them as one per hill if you've got uh, two of those actual plants. The seeds mm-hmm. just making sure that you have germination and yeah. that you have a good amount of plants that to be able to create something. But if you've got individual plants... You could plant a couple together in, you know, in one hill, uh, or otherwise, you know, just plant individuals. Uh, it's the pollination. That's what you're trying to get as well, right? The cross pollinization. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why, don't forget, don't forget cucumbers get pretty big, so they're going to intertwine each other anyways, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. and so just a matter of, um, like I said, if you're going to seed, I'd put two or three per hill. If you're going to plant, then just put two per hill. That'd be lots. 
Yeah, I, I really don't like cucumbers. I give them away is what I do. Okay, basically. Yep. So I just like to grow to give away. You know. Perfect. That's spread awesome. It, spread it around. Spread, <laughs> spread the love. love. Spread the love. Yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot, you guys. Have a great day. You too, you too Paul. Bye. All right, we have a text on the text line here from Lynn in Regina. How do you start hollyhocks indoors, and what time should you start them, and how? Uh, you can start your hollyhocks right now. Okay. Um, Elstia is the Latin name, so a lot of people who are looking for hollyhocks are looking for that name. Um, there's a few varieties that are hardy here, so you want to look at their hardiness as if you're wanting them to restart every year. Mm-hmm. And then you want to put them into some soil and put a dome over top of them. Um, they'll need the heat to get going. And once you see about 80% germination, you want to take that dome off. It's very important to do that or else you'll get lots of stretching. That's okay. with all seeds, With right? all seeds. Yeah. Um, and then have them in a nice, bright, sunny window so that they they don't stretch and a little fan that blows on them as well too not a big fan but just a little fan in the area all the hawks will stretch on you if you don't have some kind of lots of light and a bit of wind blowing Mm-hmm. And then once the root hits the edge of the container, the small container that you're in, then you're ready to transplant them up into a bigger size. But um, wait until they get nice and nice and almost root bound in that small container before you pop them up to a bigger size. And then, yeah, when the when the fr- sign of frost is done, you're ready to put them outside. Not a bad deal. Yeah. Uh, we have another text. This one is um, talking a little bit about the garlic that we uh, had a question about before. Um, this is from Fran and Asquith. Uh, they say, I grow the hardneck garlic. Works well in our growing zone. I got started growing garlic um, when she met the quote, garlic lady from Yorkton at the farmer's market. Um, and she said, uh, it's... Uh, I guess a good way to go. Yeah, so I looked it up over the break too, yeah. and hardneck garlic is better in the more the northern climates. So that's what we're seeing most of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit easier to peel. Um, the softneck garlic it does store a little bit longer. You get a few more cloves on your um, on your garlic, mm-hmm. um, but it's not as hardy, and but it does store really well too. So okay. that's kind of the difference. And yeah. what the hardy right? Because a lot of times you'll plant your garlic in the fall, yeah, so that you have a lot of could crop the next spring. And that's where a lot of people have great success and you do want to use the hardy varieties for when you do and that. And I was looking at which, how many varieties are there. There's over 200 varieties of hardneck garlic. So yeah. uh, <laughs> Lots and, of options. But most of the varieties that you're going to see that you're going to purchase um, for Saskatchewan is going to be a hardneck variety. Okay. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. We are a hardier climate for sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back of more with more of your questions. Uh, you can give us a call or text anytime. one 877 This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick Van Dyke. You still have some time to get your questions in. You can give us a call or text at 1-877-332-8255. Uh, Ken has been waiting with us uh, over the break here. So, uh, Ken in Battleford, what's your question for Rick this morning? Yes, I talked to you about a few weeks ago, and I was asking about a hollyhocks, yep. more perennial. Can you give me a name of the banny? Yeah, okay. Uh, where, where do you get the seed for that, or how do you get them? Well, the seeds, you can usually get those from, you should be able to get them from any, even from, from your local stores that have a, a seed, seed rack. And a lot of seed racks have Mackenzie seeds in them, like whether you be a grocery store or your hardware store out in Battleford. Have or you just got them in town there? Or your local garden center should have them there. Uh, you should be able to get them just about anywhere. And if you can't get them from there, uh, from your local garden centers, then you can always try uh, from Battleford. You can just go online to Early's Farm and Garden Center here in Saskatoon, and they yeah. ship all over the province as well. 
And there's one I seen an old catalog. It's called. It's a penannual. It's called Indian Spring. Do yeah, you Indian still have that? Indian Spring is one that's been around for a long time, and they're all like said, most of the hollyhocks are biannual too, which means that they they reseed themselves, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you should be able to find that one as well, around as well, because that one's been around for a long time. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but the, I wanted one that's more perennial than that. Uh, yep. Yeah, and that, that's what I said. With the seeds, you can get the, the biannuals and you get the perennial ones. And so just make sure that you, when you check your seed sources, and it'll say right in the back of the package when you go to your stores. Uh-huh. And it'll say right in the back of the package, is, and then it'll say, you know, it'll say whether it's biannual or perennial. And it'll also say how long it takes to germinate them and, uh, and when you should plant them in. So most of them are, most uh, hollyhocks are around approximately uh, eight to eight to fourteen days uh, to germinate, and so then you want to plant them out. Now, remember, if you plant your, if you do your seeding late in the spring, you might not get flowers this year, but you get flowers the following year. Okay. So, so can I start them in the right now? Right now in the house, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You say at early's and at early's in Saskatoon, you should be able to get them. They should have all those ones in stock as well. You got no seeds in your. There's some seeds and stuff. I just can't remember if those varieties. But you said you're from Battleford, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're in Saskatoon, you can check it out. Check us out there. Or otherwise, like I said, there's you got some local garden centers right there in uh, in Battleford. You probably should be able to get those varieties because hollyhocks is a pretty staple garden mm-hmm. seed that you can get, and most seed racks will have them. Okay. Okay. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Ken. Uh-huh. All right, we have a couple of texts that we can get to here. Uh, this one is from Cheryl in Rosetown. I'm wondering what you think the perfect growing medium is for rhubarb. Rhubarb just likes just about any type of soil. Yep. Uh, it's honestly, it's... Uh, it's not most, that picky usually. It's not that picky. I mean, I I we I dug up a row of, of rhubarb one time in the field, mm-hmm. and then that row ended up later being a road. <laughs> <laughs> and here's these rhubarbs growing up in the middle of the road, right, of, of my road through the field. And so, and you'll see them in old farmyards yep. and everything else and uh, still growing like crazy. So they're pretty much good in just about, they're very good in about any kind of soil. Uh, but if you can start it off in some good garden soil mm-hmm. um, and, and you don't like to be in a spot where it's going to be wet, that's the big thing. And so, you, and they don't like really high alkaline areas. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you don't want a spot. A low spot is usually higher alkaline and also be more wet at times. So that's what they don't like. They like to be in a more of a drier spot. And that's the biggest key you have to remember is that mm-hmm. plant them in a spot where the water doesn't accumulate and All they'll right. do fine. Sounds like a plan. Uh, we have a text from Shelly in Saskatoon. Um, last summer I got clinch, uh, clinch bugs yep. in my, cinch bugs. Cinch bugs. Yep. There we go. Uh, in my lawn, yep. used bug be gone on the lawn to try and treat them, but still ended up with some brown patches. Yep. Do you have any advice for what I should do to my lawn this spring to treat them or prevent another issue? Yeah, same thing. Use the bug X. It's a pyrethrin. Okay. That usually works the best. It attacks the, the nervous system of them. And um, so either that or you can also use diatomaceous earth. And you can get a, a food-grade type of diatomaceous, which is crushed-up seashells, basically, right? Okay. And you can spread that over, too. And what happens, that gets onto their bodies. And then what happens then is it dehydrates them. Mm-hmm. And so it's an organic uh, product as well, and it works pretty good for cinch bugs as well. All right, perfect. Um, we've been talking a little bit off and on throughout the show about Gardenscape and uh, how that's the unofficial kickoff to yep. spring, or kind of official if you're looking to uh, get your garden going. Um, wh- what uh, What are you most looking forward to in it? I think uh, just the smiles. 
Yeah. Honestly, it's people come in and they're just, they're just, the smiles are there. The eyes are big and they're going, I just want, they're just excited. Winter's over. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of hope when you a see all those hope. blooms and, and all the and different honestly, plans. It's just talking to people and, and seeing them, seeing them come and just take the, they walk into the building and they go just like in the greenhouse when they yep. come in the spring, they just take a deep breath. <laughs> and it's, it's just uh, it's fun to see and exciting to see that people just want to get going again. And one thing we unique about us being in the prairies mm-hmm. is that, you know, Places that don't have snow in winter have nothing to look forward to, I always say. Yeah. <laughs> Here we have something to look forward to. We get excited about planting We've been the waiting what, months. We've been waiting. <laughs> we can't wait to get up in the garden. And I think that's what makes it exciting here is that gardenscape just, it, everybody just wants to get a, you know, end of March is saying, okay, we're ready. Yeah, you're starting we're to ready. get a little antsy. <laughs> we're ready. So let's get going. Uh, what to, when does it run? When can people go and uh, start to check things out? Yeah, Gardenscape is uh, starts on the Friday, the tw- I think it's the twenty fourth okay. of March, and it runs Friday from eleven till I think from eleven till nine, mm-hmm. and then Saturday from I think it's from nine till seven, and then Sunday from uh, ten till five. And then there's a big plant auction at the end, so you can buy a lot of the yeah. bulbs and flowers. The and things you've else. been seeing the at, whole at show. <laughs> six o'clock on Sunday, you can go and buy some of the plants and and be able to have them in your put them inside your house and say, oh yeah, this is going to and maybe get a good deal at the yeah. auction and uh, and be able to take home some of the gardenscape as well. And it's always a nice um, a nice way to check out different things that you might not have thought of before. Like we yeah. Uh, yeah. like we were talking about uh, sort of the smaller gardens. You know, you don't need these huge spaces. Yeah, all spaces. And and like I said, there's everything from uh, at the gardenscape is backyard living, shall we call it. Mm-hmm. So everything you go and find about a hot tub, or if you want a hot tub in your backyard, or you got a you got a dog run you want to yeah. put in, or or you want to put in a barbecue, or or you want to raised gardens or different things you want to put in the garden. And all the one thing needs about there is too, is all the societies are there as well. Yeah. The perennial society, the orchid society, the horticulture society, they're all there giving huge, the university of Saskatchewan's there. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of uh, demonstrations, good bugs, bad bugs for the kids, all that kind of stuff going on. There's even a little green thumb presentation going on on, on Thursday and Friday okay. before, which all the schools at a certain age group, I think it's grade four, Four. Okay. They come bring they bring the kids come to the school and they learn more about a lot of people from Master Gardeners are there. That's cool. University of Saskatchewan. They just teach the kids more about gardening. Yeah. Because gardening, if, if we don't hand down our gardening yeah. to the other to our kids, they're not going to know how to do it. And uh, and you want food security for the future? Uh, we need to teach our kids how to garden because it's mm-hmm. becoming. We remember it is one of those skills, skills where it's, right? you know, I, I always thought I would just know how to do it yep. because, you know, you help on the farm and you do all these other things and then you try it yourself and it's, uh, it's a little more complicated well, than I think we think. <laughs> every yard had a pretty good sized garden in it, yeah. right? Grandma and grandpa always had that part yep. of the yard. Nowadays, there's not much gardens in the backyard unless yeah. container gardens or a small raised garden. But so we don't want to lose that because, uh, we will, it, you'll find the beneficial growing your own food is huge. Oh, and it's, uh, there's nothing better than like a fresh tomato oh, yeah. or like a fresh strawberry out of the garden. Oh, fresh potatoes. Doesn't even compare. <laughs> it, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. And with the cost of, of the, with the cost of vegetables oh, this last yep. winter, uh, be able to, to learn how to, how to grow vegetables and even how to store vegetables. Yeah. Whether you're going to store them in a little cool place or canning them again, those are arts that are being lost. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, we have to, Go back again. I think it just like any fad, right? Yeah. Just go away and come back again. <laughs> I think gardening is a fad that not really a fad. It's just a. It's a, it's. It's a one of those skills that it's, we sort of 
you know, so we're like, oh, it's fine. You know, mom, grandma, whatever, they'll take care of it. And now it's it's kind of on us. <laughs> you know, we always used to be hunter gatherers, right? Yes. And so, uh, so that's the way we started. And we have to go back to that again and be able to grow our own food and gather our own food. Yep. And, uh, that way we know what we're growing. We know when we went into it. Yep. And so, and then we know we have that security that, yeah, there's some food I put away for myself and, uh, and the satisfaction of, like you said, going out there and picking that fresh oh, tomato. Yes. Nothing there's, like there's it. Nothing like it. It's <laughs> nothing like it. We used to all. have the, uh, the salt shaker on the little bench in the garden and it was like, you know, you get your little radish, you get your little salt and then, yep. uh, you know, you have a good, you have a pretty good day. Yep. Or picking some <laughs> rhubarb and a little bit of sugar, you know, yeah. dipping in and eating it. I remember that as a kid. The like, samples in oh, the yeah, garden. <laughs> absolutely. It's perfect. And that brings us to the end of the show for another week. Uh, garden talk. You can always uh, listen on Sunday mornings. 9 to 10. Uh, I'm Aaron McNutt here with Rick Van Dyvendyke. This is Vin Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.